Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guide books. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dusty. And we are in the midst of our travels to Acadia. We've been talking about over the last two full episodes, our first and second day at Acadia National Park in Maine. This episode, we'll be talking about our third and final day in Acadia last June. And um, all of the trails we hiked along the way. all the trails we hiked along the way. Um, Mike, is your life going this week? My life is a little... Up in the air. Is um, it a little dark? Dare we say? Stormy. Dark and uh, stormy. It has been. Yeah. It's so we're in a, you know, a very, very wild kind of weathered pattern of late. The whole country was just in giant heat wave, heat yeah. bubble. Well, didn't they say that June was like the hottest June in ever the country's yeah, history Probably. ever recorded? Because this is just the world we live in now. But yesterday, the entire state of New Jersey had like crazy storms. Yes. Um, microbursts of wind, which are like, can turn into like mini tornadoes. Oh yeah, it was um, horrible. And there were power outages all like right around where I live. like 300,000 people yeah. out of power. Yeah. Still out of power today. Yeah, there's a bunch of people that are out Including today. yourself. Including myself. So you have no power. I have I have power now again. Um, so oh, it was, yeah, when did that happen? Came back um, about one this afternoon. Oh, well, look at that. Look at that. Praise so, be. Praise be. It was like um, maybe like 15 or 16 hours without power. So yeah, it's been a little, little funky this week for yeah. sure. Sure. Uh, certainly. How has your life been? Um, it's been going fine. Regarding the weather. I mean, the heat is... Uh, I'm not complaining about the heat because I right. complain about cold and I feel like you get one of those things. <laughs> so I am not complaining about the so heat. So you've chosen your temperature. I have chosen this temperature, uh-huh. exactly. You know, I grew up in Mississippi You were raised heat. in it. You were born in it. Yeah. Mississippi heat and humidity. Mm-hmm. The, the humidity isn't as bad as, you know, it typically is in Mississippi. Right. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just living our lives by the weather. Yeah. It's like, why I mean, haven't we started our Thunder app? Yeah. New York <laughs> has had a number of blackouts. Yeah. Uh, two weekends ago, there was definitely a blackout that lasted a long time. Yeah. And then they had um, threats of it this past weekend. Yeah. Though 
they were able to scoot by and it was all right. Scoot, scoot. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think the weather is something we are always conscious of, or at least I am anyway, because I check it on the regular. You are extremely conscious of weather. Mm -hmm. I actually don't check my weather app. I just text you. Right. And do you let me know Mm -hmm. what I should be wearing that day? (laughs) You're like, oh, did I pack enough umbrellas? That's right. (laughs) Because I have one in case it breaks. And then, you know, I have a second in Mm -hmm. case the first three break, you know. Mm Exactly. Mm-hmm. I've got my own like um, hotline service, like three one one and four one one. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You tell the weather. <laughs> I tell like the it's weather. Gossip at the tone. You feed on gossip. At the tone, the weather will be. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. When you hellfire. When, right. Exactly. Right. Like, you won't believe this today. It is going to be seventy five right. degrees. Can you believe this? So it'll just degrees. be like sassy gay weather app. Ex- sassy gay weather app, sort of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like who it. you are. Great. I'm looking for adventure, wanna follow on the trail Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky, don't wake the sun There's so much to be done, and the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real, you can feel You can open your eyes and open your heart when you gaze at the National Park. At the National Park. At the National Park. Follow you, I'll follow you there. So this was our third day in Acadia National Park. Yeah. Located in the beautiful state of Maine, Mm -hmm. where everyone was so nice. Is it the vacation landscape? Mm -hmm. That's what it's known as. Yeah. Things I did not know. Well, now you do. Fascinating. There you go. This was, I think, our nicest day we had. It was like sun was shining. It was beautiful. Whereas like the two days prior, it was pretty cloudy and gray. And there was like definitely threat of weather. I know, because I checked Um, on that second day. Dusty just rolled his eyes at me. Always. Always. (laughs) But um, yeah, so we got up in beautiful Bangor, Maine. Bangor. Bangor at our lovely Airbnb. And we headed our way. We scoot scooted our way, our like 45 minute drive to the park. Right. And on the way, this is where we stopped and got Burger King for breakfast which we wanted to try something different like let's try something different because i think i told you as a child like burger king breakfast was sometimes like oh we finished with church it's like let's go to burger king oh my god we finished with (laughs) church church. and then which is where i brought up that was hardy's for us mm -hmm. and yes yeah we did that and burger king has like some fantastic options but it definitely was like kind of a turnoff because we were so used to I know. Yeah. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It was. And that is all Listen, it was. Talk about those little hash browns, though. Uh-huh. I think they are like they are the winner. Yeah. Just like sure. I think their French fries are better than most French fries. Was Burger King okay? That's exactly how it was. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Sure, Jan. So yeah, so we we got our Burger King and then we drove the park loop for a little bit, I believe. But we were basically able to actually no, that's a lie. I think we were right on Route 3. Um, We didn't even need to get on the park loop because we were going to the far western side of the park to hike a bunch of things that we really hadn't gone that far west. So we took the road all the way basically out to right near Upper Haddock Pond, which is kind of the western side of Acadia. And we parked near Upper Haddock Pond. We were a little further north of that. There was a parking area there where we kind of like set up and geared up for the day. And on our previous two days in Acadia National Park, we discovered, thanks to the park ranger who informed us, but also, you know, we discovered on the, you know, on our feed too, Acadia is a choose your own adventure trails kind of park. I don't think there is a single sort of like out and back real kind of hike that's like known or epic or long like that. Any given trail in Acadia is like fairly long and you'll see a lot of things on it. It will intersect with 17 other trails. So you can literally choose like, what are the things you want to see? Like, I'm pretty sure like if somebody wanted to just stay at like kind of one elevation all day, they probably could if they like marked it out like enough to sort of say like, yeah, I think I just want to, I just want to gain one time and descend one time, depending on where you are, you'd sort of have to figure that out for yourself. But I think it's possible. Right. Well, we kind of did that today and on this day anyway. We we did spend most of our time at a higher elevation. Because we also were like, let's let's be kind to ourselves, I think. Didn't oh, I don't that? know if we were kind to ourselves, actually. We hiked no. a lot this day. Oh, I know we hiked a lot. Yeah. But we, we were now conscious of when we were gaining elevation right. and when we were losing it because right. we figured out how to read this topographical map. Right, because we're smart. Because <laughs> we're smart and we used our resources. We did, which is their brains. But anyway, we parked and very quickly, we so we had a, a plan to get to for two peaks and two mountains. So those peaks were Bald Peak, Parkman Mountain, Gilmore Peak, and Sargent Mountain, which are all interconnected via the trails. They kind of create this like crescent moon shape if you're hiking from one to the next. And that was our kind of goal. But in order to really start from where we had parked, we had to access and hike along the carriage roads that are in the park. And this is an also a system of roads that like people hike all the time. So here's a little background about the carriage roads. They were financed and directed by John D. Rockefeller Jr. That's right. Look at more money, more problems. Oh yeah, for real. And that was between (laughs) 1913 and 1940. It was made for, they say, hikers, bikers, horseback riders, and carriages. And there's 57 miles of woodland roads and there are no cars allowed on them and of those roads 45 miles of those roads are within Acadia National Park and 12 I believe are on private land right yeah but these allow for seasonal cross-country skiing and some limited snowmobiling and um, also 12 the other 12 miles are on private land right and we can you can kind of trek along um, I mean, you could really do a, see a pretty good swath of the park just by being on those carriage roads because they are. They're, they're well-maintained, they're wide, they're gravelly, but they were easy to kind of like they're navigate. They're easy to walk. Yeah. Too. So um, let's talk about that actually. Yeah. The 
landscape underneath your feet when you're hiking in Acadia is changing quite often. Yeah. Like sometimes you're on grass, sometimes you're on dirt, sometimes you're on rocks, sometimes you're just on a whole bunch of tree roots. Mm -hmm. It's changing all the time. And I do remember this was our first time with hiking poles and I was really grateful to have them. Yeah. Because it did help us. And like you're ascending a lot and you're descending a lot. What was nice about carriage roads is giving your feet something consistent to walk on for a little while. Yeah. So this is a really great option, I think, if you want to, if you're like, I have been just all over rock all day long and I am sick and tired of it and I want something steady underneath my feet. This is a great place to go. Yeah. I mean, that being said, we weren't on the carriage roads for that long. We weren't, but I remember we did gain some elevation on the carriage roads at the beginning. It wasn't a ton, but we gained some. So I felt like it was a nice warm up. Right. And I think we did at one point to intersect back with the carriage roads as we were coming back down too. But it was, you're right. We did gain a little bit of elevation on our way up. But I do remember like all of a sudden it was like, oh, here's the trail. And like, it was just off to our left. And it was like, there was a marker like, because we were reading the map and we were trying to figure out well, how do we kind of do this? We were trying to get on the Bald Peak Trail to go to Bald Peak first. And we're like, where's the marker? Where's the marker? Because we had some distance that we could kind of judge. It took us a while to find it. And then I think we might even passed it and then like saw it. We turned around and saw it and then went up. The other thing that is really good about the map that we were using and the map that we have right in front of us talking about this right now is that it is actually to scale. Yeah. So like if a road curves, like it's actually curving. Yeah. There's no like, you know, there's nothing that's not accounted for yeah. on this map. It's and real so good. it was really I was really appreciative of that. Also, just even having the topography to like give us the elevation was really helpful. So we really knew. And also it's really good in breaking up things into segments. So you can be like, okay, so we know we have another mile to do, like before we're here. So it was kind of mentally helpful, I think, in that way too. Yeah, um, they're really good on this map about showing you exactly how much distance is from one mark to the next. Right. So we started after we got off the carriage roads onto the Bald Peak Trail. We basically were kind of working our way around this like crescent moon shape to get all the way from Bald Peak to Sergeant Mountain. And from the carriage roads to Bald Peak, it's only a half a mile. But we did gain some decent elevation. We went up to about 974 feet when we hit the top of Bald Peak. Yeah. Um, And again, it's a beautiful sunny day, like gigantic puffy clouds in the sky. Each of these peaks we hit, we were able to see the park and the successive peaks that we were going to from like a distance, which was really so interesting because we could also see like people that were ahead of us, like, and then we could see when they actually made it to that next peak sometimes. Um, So it was really cool to be able to kind of get to a, a spot, like be able to look to the next peak, which in this case would have been Parkman Mountain, um, which was actually a descent for us, and then see Parkman Mountain and see the next set of people that were there. So I would also like to add that a bald is technically its own type of geographic feature. It is literally like some kind of peak that is just has no vegetation um, and is completely smooth open rock. And I think we took a picture up there, mm-hmm. like of the back of your head. Yeah, with I the think photograph so. Photograph that said Bald yeah. Peak. Yeah, we definitely right. did. 
Um, because for those of you who don't know, I'm bald. That's right. By choice. By choice. Bald by choice. Bald <laughs> by choice. Is anyone ever really bald? But no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. yeah. But you are. I am. You are. Right now, I'm a little scruffy up top, but that's okay. A little bit. A little bit. Um, but yeah, so it was, I do remember it being pretty rocky and pretty open on that Bald Peak Trail. Um, it, we weren't in a lot of tree cover like once we left the carriage roads. When we were on the carriage roads, we were in at the start in considerable like canopy. Um, and then that opened up too into kind of like more open air. But um, when we hiked up, we, you know, we had some trees around us, but it wasn't super dense. I just remember taking the Bald Peak Trail up to Bald Peak was super fun. There were just like so many like places to take pictures. Mm -hmm. There were so like it was so open. There was um, so much to see on your right and your left. It was like everywhere you looked, there was some other like beautiful piece of landscape to see. And this is where also I feel like where Katie did a great job, not that they didn't on other trails, but this is where the Karens were super helpful and them being so distinctive in that kind of like table shape that they are, the yes. Bates Karen, the Waldron Bates Karens. Um, they like were so well spaced and well marked. It was really easy to kind of understand the next move. Right. Um, which we was always really knew good. where we were headed next. And at the top of Bald Peak, there was signage that like pointed you because there may have been like, again, there are multiple intercorrect connecting routes. So there may have been multiple ways to go. So there was a signpost at the top that had like, yeah. Hey, if you're going to Parkman mountain, it's this way. Hey, if you're going to Penobscot mountain, it's this way. Like, so there was a lot of good signage there too. That really was helpful. I always felt like the signage in Acadia was, um, was always nailing it mm-hmm. because I never felt lost. I always knew where I was headed next especially because there's like a million trails yeah. uh, going through. And I always knew where to go next. Yeah. When we left Bald Peak, we headed down to Parkman Mountain. It's only point three. Uh, it's a one third of a mile, or it's a third of a mile, I should say. Right. And, um, and these, as you mentioned, are like, uh, they are a famous collection that people walk to a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm going to do this tiny collection mm-hmm. of, of peaks and yeah. mountains. So from here, we were going to Parkman Mountain. And this is where we dipped into like more canopy. Here, I remember us being like kind of in more of like the air quotes, deep woods, like where it was like mossy and it was really tree covered. And even though it was a third of a mile, like it was like such a cool, different, like change of landscape. Like Dusty said at the beginning of this, the landscape can kind of change like on a dime here, or at least you're getting a bunch of different landscapes. So this was totally the case there um, where we kind of had that like landscape change. Right. Um, and then eventually we get, you know, out of that and we come to Parkman, Parkman Mountain. Mountain. And that landscape change, that is that is what Acadia, I think, does better than any other national park. At any given moment, you can suddenly be in a new kind of trail mm-hmm. on any trail at all. Like you can take one trail and be in like seven different terrains in a matter of a single mile. You can be in like open air rock, then canopy tree covering, then moss tree covering. Then you're like climbing over boulders. Uh, then you're like walking near a pond all of these things kept changing as we kept going. Yeah. Because the peaks were at such a short distance, and I guess because we were hiking in a similar pace to the people in front of us, 
you could see the next peak in the distance and you could see the people that were at the peak before you. And like, if you looked back, there were sometimes people on the peak behind us, which was kind of cool to like see this like continuous sort of train of people. And that's not always the case in a national park where you're able to see at such a great distance and see other hikers that are kind of along whatever trail you might be doing too. If I remember correctly, Parkman Mountain was, it was a little windy at the top of Bald Peak. But Parkman Mountain brought the wind. Well, I think the weather changed a little bit. So we had... It was so windy. It was pretty calm. And then all of a sudden, like, along the trails, we started to, like, have that wind. Like, second day in Acadia, it was so incredibly windy on those peaks that we were on. And this was, was, like, a little bit of a reminiscent. Yes. I mean... It was so windy. Like you almost lost your hat. Yeah. A million times. A million times. Yeah. It was like, you know, got to turn that around, girl. <laughs> Wear it backwards. It's a lesson I've learned. Like a kid from the 90s. That's right. So that you don't lose that. And with that, let's take a break. So Acadia National Park has a myriad of ponds and lakes throughout its landscape. So kind of hearkening back to our Arcadia business game, um, we're going to play a game based off of these lake and pond names. So On Golden Pond is a movie from the 80s. It was originally a play and then it was uh, filmed with Catherine Hepburn. And Peter Fonda. Yeah, I mean it was. And Jane Fonda was in it too. It was a film, but yeah, it was uh, a play originally. Can you tell me what it's about? Well, it's about an older couple Uh who live on this on Golden Pond. Okay. And they're like coming to the end of their lives and they're also dealing with sort of this like adult daughter that, you know, has come back and it's like, you know, what are we going to do when we aren't here? Right. Okay. It's a sort of, yeah, like, you know, reflection on right. mortality, reflection and, you know, a pond, how, you know, <laughs> appropriate. <laughs> right. You know. So um, we're going to each, we're going to give each other a pond to capitulate on. Yes. And so think what about, would be the title yeah. of your, what if this were the title? Yeah. What would the movie be about? What would the movie be about? Great. So, Dusty, do you want to go first? I yes, sure. Your title is Winter Harbor. Oh, Winter Harbor. Hmm. Well, immediately I like went to Manchester by the Sea in my head <laughs> because I, you know, as you know, I really didn't enjoy that film, but I know you liked it a lot. So I feel like Winter Harbor is very much so like set in New England and it is a story of struggle and grief um, in the town of Winter Harbor. And Winter Harbor is known for its um, steel factory and the steel factory is closing. Um, And it's a story of teenage love lost where one family um, is very wealthy um, and they own the steel, the steel company, the steel mill. And they have like a young teenage child and one of the steel workers who is going to lose their job and needs to move away um, also has a teenage child and it's like star-crossed lovers, but their story has to come to an end, not in death like Romeo and Juliet, but um, it's it's a story of like grief and lost, uh, grief and loss on Winter Harbor. White. <laughs> <laughs> oh god but seriously though <laughs> well yeah let's be real yeah 
Okay. <laughs> right. Your turn. Um, Breakneck Pond. Breakneck Pond is the title of a serial drama that is told via radio. Mm. Like a like a podcast, I guess mm-hmm. one would say nowadays. Breakneck Pond has in it a very specific, very rare species of fish that is not found anywhere else in North America. Mm. And scientists flock to Breakneck Pond to study why these fish can live there. And they have for what they can assume is thousands of years. Mm-hmm. It is a story told from v- various points of view, like the person who lives in the house near the pond, one of the scientists. Also, like the school teacher who teaches about it. It's a reflection of how life in and around this pond is also like a rarity that all of these like different kinds of people have crossed paths. Oh, I really thought you were going to go like a horror, horror movie tilts there. And oh, I really interesting. wanted you I to do that. We yeah, could have. That's right. Because I feel like Breakneck Pond is like, you know, run, 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 run. Nope. I went in another direction you did. with that one. It surprised me. It did. And there then you go. criticized my film, my treatment. <laughs> well, <laughs> You know, truth is truth here. So after the very windy Sergeant's Mountain, we headed toward... Rory Gilmore Peak. Rory Gilmore Peak. Yes. Like Rory Gilmore of the Gilmore Girls. It's just called Gilmore Peak, but I'm pretty sure I (laughs) called it Rory Gilmore Peak the entire way. I think you did, yes. A, A TV show I very, very rarely watched. Like maybe I saw an episode of one time. Um, I know some of us watched that show, but I did not watch it. <laughs> that felt like shade towards <laughs> me. Um, but yeah, we so we hiked from Parkman Mountain to Gilmore Peak. It wasn't a long distance. It was like less than half a mile to Gilmore Peak. So we had to like kind of dip down there and kind of come back up again. So it was a descent ascent sort of thing. I think too, as we were hiking at this point, we had started to like the day before we had started the Instagram, but I think we actually started to like talk a little bit about like what it would be like to like if we did a show where we recorded stuff and like I don't think podcast had entered our brain but we no, like not yet, not yeah yet, but we but were kind of starting to like we were curious percolate about with that. ideas yeah so we ended up getting to Gilmore Peak pretty quickly another great kind of fantastic view of the park and then we were climbing a decent amount from there to the yes, top of Sergeant I Mountain. I do remember Sergeant Mountain. To get to the top of Sergeant <laughs> Mountain. <laughs> it was tough. Yeah, it was like a definite like trekky trek there. Um, and we were at like a point too eventually where we were again out of tree cover and it was pretty bald up at the top. Like I just remember it being very flat, very open like wide boulders that were kind of like flattened together with some green in between um, and really keeping an eye out for Karen's to kind of get to that point um, at Sergeant Mountain. I also feel like we, when we finally got there, we needed to like huddle and sit because the wind was that intense. It like was really we intense. We were behind a boulder, like yeah, we sitting. we had to just plop down behind a boulder to get some like relief. Well, and also I think we had pulled the map out at that point to like figure I had out. pulled out a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> that is what I pulled yeah. out at that moment. Yeah. But yeah, we did have to pull out the map yeah. and sort of see where to go. Um, and I also think too, 
at that point, I was like, I'm done with pulling this map out. It's being like torn to shreds. I'm pretty sure I took a photo of like yeah. the map so I could just pull it up on my phone. Um, smart. It was smart because I'm smart. You are smart. I am smart. I mean, that's what we do anytime yeah. there's a map that we need to remember. Right. That's just like a pain to keep pulling in and out. Well, yeah. I mean, if it's just like posted somewhere. Yeah. Oh, do. that too. Yeah. Also yeah. to save paper. Yeah. We'll yeah. do that. And the earth. Take a map. Right. right. Um, so yeah, once we got to the top of Sergeant Mountain, we had to figure out what we were going to do from there. Because um, we kind of got up there. By the time we were at Sergeant, again, hike early, hike often, we had left early, we'd gotten to the park early. And I would say that we were probably there around noon. We knew that we wanted to... At Sergeant Mountain around At Sergeant noon. Mountain around noon. Yeah. We knew that we had other things we wanted to do. Like in the evening, like we wanted to make sure that we had time to walk through Bar Harbor. But we were like, hey, like the distance we just covered, there's a lot that we can still do on this side of the park. So we kind of came up with a game plan for the rest of the day. Because again, interconnected trails, what a beautiful thing they are. Right. Um, so we came down the Sergeant South Ridge trail trail. And what I remember about this trail is that it was a very gradual descent. Mm -hmm. It was like kind of like the nicest trail to do like going down Mm -hmm. because you, we walked across this like enormously vast open bald rock. Yeah. It was awesome. And like, you could just see like Karen's were like a thousand feet away. Like the next one was like, it was like really far down this rock. And that was really fun. That was cool. I mean, had I been a trail runner, I think I might would have, you know. I might would (laughs) have. I might would have run, but I didn't run or fly. It did feel like if you ran fast enough, you would just just take take off off. in flight. Mm -hmm. And eventually we like start that descent, which becomes a little like, so that's almost pretty flat across the top there. And then we hit the Haddock Brook Trail, which is what ultimately took us down back to the carriage roads and then back to where we were headed, um, which was the upper and lower Haddock Ponds. And that is where we actually started to get like, a lot more descent because we were coming down from so Sergeant Mountains 1373 feet so we had to basically go back down to essentially sea level to get back to the parking area um, and to get back to the lakes which aren't at a high elevation there so we did some serious descent we going did. down into the woods there and I just remember that was where we were again, out of the bald area and kind of back in through the forest for most of that. I feel like as soon as we turned that corner, it was like, oh, okay, here we are. Goodbye, Sergeant Mountain. And then we kind of dipped back into the forest. Eventually, that runs us back into the same carriage road that we were basically on before, but we were just further down from it. Yeah, on a different spot. On a different spot. We took some time there. There was a bridge with a waterfall. I remember like kind of stopping and kind of gazing at that waterfall. I think we actually, you could hike a little out to it from the bridge too so then once we were on the carriage road we did kind of walk a little back and forth on it just to kind of see what was each way and it was just like incredible just again roadway vast flat and open and this like canopy of trees that were like columned on the side of us um after we we looked at the waterfall we hiked continued to hike down haddock brook trail because we hiked along the river for a little bit. I do remember like coming along the river and that kind of brought us down to 
the haddock ponds. Yes, and which is like a double pond situation. Mm-hmm. You have an upper haddock pond and a lower haddock pond. We had across the carriage road again another time um, before we actually made it to the pond itself. But the ponds were really neat because you could almost do an entire figure eight around those ponds on the trail. And we thought about that for a minute. We're like, okay, well, we could come down the one side, the right side of Haddock Pond Trail, Upper Haddock Pond Trail, go around the left side of the lower, come around the right side and loop back up around the left side to create an eight. And that would get us back to the parking lot. Right, right. Um, But there was another trail that we wanted to add on to our crazy life, which was the Norumbega Mountain Trail. So we kind of did like a a slash mark through the eight, essentially. We came around the one side of Upper Haddock and then around the other side of Lower Haddock. And this was, we had to cross like the road to do this. Yes. I remember this very much because I remember like, we were like beautiful lake, beautiful forest, all these beautiful things. And then we get to the road and we have to cross the road. And I was like, well, this could be literally anywhere. Yeah. Like just looking at the road, I was like, yep, we just had to cross the road. Like we were coming up from a ditch, had to cross over the road, down through a ditch. And then we made our way through. Mm -hmm. So as we're kind of crossing the road, that's taking us down to the lower pond. But um, the cool thing about the ponds was that um, we had planking that we had to like cover. Right, like right. we had to walk over. Um, and this is where this was like, we were so close to the ponds that, um, that we were sometimes on you're that just planking. like yeah. on planking over some water for a long time. And like, you got to just before like, you hit like land again. And there's not like railings. Nope. You just got to like just keep gotta, your like, balance and yeah. go for it, girl. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I really enjoyed that. I always as an like aspect. hiking on planking. Yeah. Um, the nice thing too was that we were back lower and we weren't on peaks anymore. So it was, again, a beautiful sunny day, and it was not as windy. There was still some wind, but it wasn't like crazy like mountain peak wind that we were getting um, when we were on the water here, which was really nice because it was just completely like a beautiful sunny day on these ponds. But we continue on Haddock Brook Pond trails, and then that drops us at the kind of lower corner of the lower pond, and then we... We're going to do the Norumbega Mountain Trail. This felt more like, even though we were gaining elevation, because Norumbega Mountain is like 852 feet is the peak, um, it felt like a walk in the woods. Like That's the thing I remember the most about it is that we did have kind of a gradual elevation gain, um, but it wasn't anything that felt like incredibly strenuous. And it was kind of a nice way to like a nice thing to end our yes. trek with. I do remember, I think you were the one who suggested doing that because I think I was like, we could just loop the pond right. and then come right do back. Do the figure eight, yeah. And you were like, no, let's add this thing. And I was like, fine, yeah, fine, we will. But I was really glad. And like, you know, that's usually the how it goes as I look at the map and I'm like, oh, do I really want to do that? And then I do it and I love doing it. Yeah. So I am really glad we added that. Yeah, because that actually was a pretty long stretch. That was almost two miles of hiking there um, to get us back to the car. So that added a considerable amount on an already lengthy day. Um, We did run across some people on the trail um, as we were closer to the end. And we talked to them like really briefly to women who, you know, we were talking about being teachers because I believe one of them was also a teacher too. And then we kind of ended up back at the car. But that was not the end of our adventures for the day because we had a lot of other things that we had on our plate. And with that, let's take a break. 
it's time for Drag Queen Corner. Ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage, Shelly Shore. So who is Shelly Shore? Does she shell she shells by the she shore? Sure. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Shelly Shore. She's perky. She is perky. Yeah. She's had one too many cups of caffeine for the day. One too many. She's Patty Simcox. I don't know who that is. (laughs) From Greece. Patty Simcox from Greece? (laughs) Come on, Sandy. Don't you want to join the cheerleading squad? Nope. Nope. Okay. All right. Great. 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 I mean, Greece is the word. I apparently. I mean, you're the one that I want, right? It's, it's you the know move, who I'm talking it's the about. The feeling. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I do feel like Shelly Shore is is that kind of cheerleading person. Also saying Shelly Shore is really fun. Shelly Shore. Shelly Shore. Shore. Shelly Shore. Shore. Shelly Shore. So I think in honor of uh, the coastline of Maine, Sh- Shelly Shore has made an appearance, and she um, is a queen that. She works the coasts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think maybe she occasionally has like a like, um, you know, like some kind of nautical um, reference. Mm. But I don't know that she is. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to be a nautical reference. No. Like she's not mermaid. Well, I mean, I feel like she sings a part of your world. Like, I think that's right. But I think like that's like if you see that's like so rare that she does it. Mm. So if you see Shelly Shore lip sync or sing part of your world mm-hmm. it's like it's serious like rarity isn't you it have, neat and right when you think her collection of of drag performances is complete mm-hmm. when you think i'm the girl so uh, yeah yeah so i think she yeah she does that occasionally uh-huh i feel like she wears clam diggers like she's got like she's very like new england in her um like her dress, I feel like she can like very easily seamlessly transition um, from like a clam digger like pants to like uh, evening wear very quickly. And that's part of her bet. Like her pants break away and oh. the gown is beneath. I feel like she's got like her hair is tied up like in like a bandana, like a la like 1950s, like New England style. Right. Yeah. So she is like some kind of New England reference. Mm-hmm. I think so too. A very yeah. sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I feel like she has cheese that she passes out. <laughs> I just Why feel cheese? like that's her product. Okay. It's cheese. Shelly Shore, seashide cheese. Yes. Yeah. It's cheese in the shape of seashells. Oh, okay. Like right. butter sometimes is exactly. in the shape of seashells. But yes, hers is cheese. God, saying seashells is real hard. Seashells. By the seashore. Shelly Shore Shelley sells Shores. seashells Shores by, by the, the seashore. Shore. Yes, she does. She does. Shore, Shore. Surely she does. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think we fully. <laughs> I think we have fully realized Shelly Shore, have. and I don't really want to say her name anymore, except for ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between. Please welcome to the stage Shelly Shore. Shore. So we completed our hiking for the day and we got back in the car and we said we wanted to explore Bar Harbor specifically because it was like ridiculously cute. And we were like, let's just go into all the stores. We drove in and we like, we parked and then we walked all around and it was a lot of souvenir stores, but they also had a lot of like interesting, you know, like local shops. 
like uh, there was that wood maker that right. had all of those things. I mean, I rode this giant wooden horse. He was a maker of wood. <laughs> he was a maker of wood. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really cool to kind of walk around downtown Bar Harbor because we had finished so much earlier in the day than we had on previous days. Not that we didn't do a lot of hiking because we did. Um, but when we had finished the other two days, it was late and a lot of things. We kind of walked around, I think, the second night and we kind of poked in a few places but we um, did but today was really the day for walking around mm-hmm. and and figuring things yeah, out yeah and kind of exploring a little and bit we more. did and it was so cute i'm so glad we took the time to do it yeah but we did that because we had a little extra time right because later that night we had decided we were going to go treat ourselves to a movie yeah and see hereditary that scary ass movie, <laughs> Hereditary. Hereditary. Starring um, our you know, favorite, our Tony goddess, Collette. Tony Collette. Yeah. Spoiler alert, we're about to talk about Hereditary. Yeah. So um, if you haven't seen it and you'd like to, just like plug your ears or just like plug jump your ears ahead. or skip over this yeah. for a second. Oh my God, that movie. Yeah. Um, holy everything. Yeah. That movie was like an exercise and like, I mean, it was literally an exercise in some ways, exorcise. Right. But the, gotcha. um, it was it was like an exercise in uh, how slow and creepy can people walk down hallways right. and turn corners and open doors. I mean, there was a lot of that used mm-hmm. throughout. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a movie that, like, if you walked out in the uh, and missed the last five minutes, like you missed the whole crux of the movie, right? Because they power punched everything <laughs> into, into those end. last five minutes. I think it was more like 15 where like the anxiety was building so much that I was basically a ball in my seat and like gripping tightly either onto your arm or the chair rest <laughs> or both. And I, and yeah. I believe were we the only people in this movie? There were theater? like six people in the theater and we right. were two of them. And yeah. it was, I mean, it was like a, you know, a very local Bangor cinema and we were like, okay, you know, we're going to go see this movie. We love scary movies. We love Tony Collette. We hear this is a weird one, so let's go. Yeah. And yeah, it was weird. I mean, the premise of the movie is that it starts with the death of, like, her mother. She was sort of the matriarch of this family. and But, then, like, ostracized for a time and then and, brought yeah. back in of late. Right. Yeah. But then other deaths occur start to happen, like her daughter... Mm-hmm. who is a child who is decapitated mm-hmm. and it is you see all of it yeah and yeah it is sort of uh it is kind of horrifying yeah all of the things yeah i say it is worth seeing this movie for tony collette's monologues mm-hmm. she has some fierce monologues mm-hmm. in this movie yeah and she plays like the grieving mother part really well oh my god yeah like and she like, adds a little bit it. of crazy to it as well and also literally there is a scene where so Anne Dowd is in this movie Aunt Anne Lydia. Dowd who also plays Aunt Lydia on Handmaid's Tale and there's a scene where she literally has to like stop Tony Collette in a parking lot and convince her that the way to communicate to her daughter is through like a seance is through a seance yeah which is like if anyone stopped me in a parking lot to tell me that, okay, goodbye, you're insane. Right. But Anne Dowd somehow is the most convincing 
she just appeals to her emotional uh, vulnerability yeah. and just goes for it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, not spoiling the ending by any means, but like everything goes off the rails like in an insane way, like in the last 15 minutes of the film. Um, and it is well worth the watch for that. And just like, just be prepared to be a ball of like nervous energy. Oh yeah. For and it, it's super minutes. creepy. Also gory at times. Yeah. Just be prepared. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after that, I think we went to Applebee's and just we did. We were like, everything. we have to talk about that. <laughs> and we like looked up interviews that the director had done right. to be like, why was that choice made? Right. And what did that happen? And yeah. yeah. So, and then we drove home to our Airbnb, which was just made creepier by the fact so that we had just much seen creepier. that movie. <laughs> We were like, let's leave the lights on yeah. as we go to sleep. Yeah, basically. Right. And, and that was our time in Acadia National Park. An adorable Maine. An adorable Maine. Yes. And the vacation landscape. Everybody go to Maine. It's so wonderful. I mean, we did actually like stop like on our way back mm-hmm. and spend an evening in Portland, Maine. Yeah, we did. And, and saw friends and... And it was great. It was. Yeah. I highly recommend Portland. Yeah. Maine. Portland, I'm sure Maine. Portland, Oregon is Morgan. Also, <laughs> Portland, Morgan yeah. is also lovely too. You've yeah. been there. I, I have, have been there. Yeah. It's weird. It's but weird. I would say that good. both Portlands are pretty weird. Yeah. Portland, Maine weird was way. weird. Yeah. But I thought it was a good weird. Yeah. 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 And there are like, you know, you can't throw a dead cat without hitting a brewery in Portland, Maine. Mm. Yeah, we did. So. We did, you know, some other brewing adventures there too. Yes, we did. Yeah, and with that, let's hit the Karen Stone scale. Let's hit it. All right, Mike, all the way up to Bald Peak. How many Karen Stones did would you give that? Um, I'm gonna say like a two or a three. I felt like it was a really good way to get ourselves like acclimated, but I didn't feel like it was anything that was like so strenuous. I'm going to actually like say that because a lot of the major stuff that we did was decent. I think that like there really wasn't that much that I felt like totally challenged. Not, you know, I didn't feel like exhausted by, I feel like the day. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would give it a three. Yeah. So we're looking at like six. Yeah. Six in the Karen Stone scale from Bald Peak to Parkman Mountain, Dusty. That's not too bad. That was, no. that was also like a two. Yeah. Two or three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're like five out of yeah. 20 on that These one. are also short distances. That short were, distances. So even if it was like strenuous, like it was so short that it didn't feel like it at all. Like right. it was so quickly over. Um, Parkman to Gilmore. Two. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think that probably our, our biggest gain for the day where we kind of like really had hit like a lot of elevation was from Gilmore to Sergeant Mountain. I give that a five. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like a, a five for sure as well. So 10 so out 10. of 20. Um, on our way down, we took the Sergeant Southridge for a little bit, but that was mostly flat. And so mostly we, flat. So a two, I'm going to say. Maybe like a two. Yeah. Yeah. So a four. And then we headed down Haddock Brook Trail, which then basically brought us to Haddock Pond Trail. So they were two different ones that connected and met up with one another. The Haddock Brook Trail, I felt like maybe a four. Again, we were doing give it major a three. descent okay. here. Yeah, like, we were doing major descent. So it wasn't anything that felt the strenuous. You didn't feel the strenuous. Yes, yeah, we were going the other way. It'd be another. Yeah, you know. So a seven out of twenty. Right. Um, the Haddock Pond Trail. Like a two. Yeah. 
like again like a lovely little walk around those ponds um there was some maneuvering that had to be done you did have to have a little bit of balance on your side because you were on those planks but other than that i feel like it was pretty good and then the norimbega mountain trail uh like a three or a four i mean there was some uphill stuff but yeah it wasn't i mean dumb. we were going up we were gaining some decent elevation i think we started at like about 100 foot of elevation and went up 800 and 50 feet or 750 feet to 850 feet total so but i felt like it was very gradual and i didn't yeah. feel like for the end of the day hike i didn't feel tired after it no not at all. um so i'm gonna say like a five there just great. as the middle of the road so sort of nine out yeah. of 20 yeah great and with that let's do some jeopardy mike why don't you start us off with your jeopardy Great. My Jeopardy is titled Bald Peak. In this Jeopardy, you'll be asked to identify a female celebrity that went bald for a specific movie role. And you'll also uh, need to give me the celebrity and the movie. I'm so ready for this. Great. In this film, in order to prove her worth as the sole trial female candidate for the Navy's integration of women in their ranks, Jordan O'Neill, played by this celebrity femme fatale, takes a razor to her beautiful locks. Through her determination and grit, she works to impress her training commander, played by Viggo Mortensen. Name the actress in the film. Is it Demi Moore in G.I. Jane? That's correct. Mm. Bald peak for 200. This Harvard graduate and actress loses her hair and gains an accent. In it's Natalie Portman in V for Vendetta. Um, excuse me, you can't buzz in Sorry. until the clue is finished. Loses her hair and gains an accent in this dysutopian film where she teams up with a masked man voiced by Hugo Weaving to topple this fascist regime, to topple the fascist regime that has engulfed her homeland. What is Natalie Portman in V for Vendetta? Thank you. Um, Bald Peak for 300. This sci-fi queen who once played an American primatologist shears her beautiful locks for the third installment of this deep space franchise in which against all odds and with the help of an outer space prison colony, she once again must battle a baddie, battle the baddie, a creature created by artist H.R. Geiger. Oh, is it a Star Trek? It is not a Star Trek. Oh, goodness. Is it a Star Wars? It's not a Star Wars. I thought you would have gotten it with Deep her playing Space an Nine. American primatologist because I know how much you freaking love American primatologists. Yeah, that's so... It, I, yeah, I don't know. It's Sigourney Weaver and Alien oh, 3. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All, all right, right, all right, 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 right. I got yeah. it. Okay, bald peak for 400. This stunning leading lady, a daughter of a politician, was born in Mexico City and raised in Kenya and Nairobi. She starred in sci-fi epics, horror films, and a period drama about a kidnapped freeborn man in which she rocks some short, shorn hair. Who is Lupita Nyong'o in 12 Years a Slave? That's correct. And Bald Peak for 500. This award-winning Brit shaved her head for this 2002 film in which she portrays a teacher in Turin, Italy, where many friends and family, including her husband, have died due to drug overdoses. Despite her efforts to help the investigation, she takes justice into her own hands and turns vigilante. What is Under the Tuscan Sun? <laughs> <laughs> That is I don't incorrect. know. I don't know. I, this was the tough one. Um, it's Kate Blanchett in Heaven. Oh, I haven't seen yeah. Heaven. I've yeah. seen almost everything Kate Blanchett well, does. Sorry, I, I just guess spoiled not it that for one. You. 
Molly now. <laughs> what is under the Tuscan sun? What is under? I the love Tuscan that movie. Sun. Don't talk about Diane Lane that way. You love you love your Diane Lane. I do. Diane pick a lane. <laughs> Diane pick a lane. All right. Wait, Are you ready for your, your Jeopardy? Jeopardy? I would love it. My Jeopardy is called Tony Collette's Greatest Hits. <laughs> Great. Yes. Since we saw a Tony Collette movie, mm-hmm. you have to identify the Tony Collette movie from her dialogue or monologue oh in the movie. Oh my God. <laughs> and I only know Tony Collette movies so well. So. Exactly. Great. So here Expect we go. Failure. Tony Collette's Greatest Hits for 100. <laughs> okay. This is dialogue. You know the accident up there? Yeah. Someone got hurt. They did? A lady. She died. Oh my god. What? You can see her? Yes. Where is she? Standing next to my window. Cole, you're scaring me. They scare me too sometimes. They? Ghosts. What is the sixth sense? Correct. Great. 200. I feel like I should be Australian when I say this one, but I can't. So, here we go. When I lived in Porpoise Spit... I used to sit in my room for hours and listen to ABBA songs. But since I've met you and moved to Sydney, I haven't listened to one ABBA song. That's because my life is as good as an ABBA song. It's as good as Dancing Queen. I will give you a hint. This is the movie that gave us Tony Collette. Is it the one where she's in it where it's about David Bowie? No. That's a film she's in, right? I don't know what movie you're talking about. I don't know what movie I'm talking Um, about either. The movie we were looking for is Muriel's Wedding. Nope. 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 Okay. Okay, great. Moving on. 300. You know, like it or not, we're still your family, for better or worse. And then her son responds, no, you're not my family. I don't want to be your family. I hate you people. Divorce, bankrupt, suicide, you're losers. No, please just leave me here, Mom. Please, please, please just leave me here. What is Little Miss Sunshine? Correct. 400. This is dialogue between two sisters. Look, if you're not aware of them, don't buy them. Leave them for someone who's going to get something out of them. I get something out of them. When I feel bad, I like to treat myself. Clothes never look any good. Food just makes me fatter. Shoes always fit. What is in her shoes? Yes, correct. Right. <laughs> this gay knows his stuff. You know your stuff. Okay, and finally, 500. Don't you ever raise your voice at me. I am your mother. You understand. All I do is worry and slave and defend you. And all I get back is that face on your face. So full of disdain and resentment and always so annoyed. Well, now your sister is dead. And I know you miss her. And I know it was an accident. And I know you're in pain. And I wish I could take that pain from you. I wish I could shield you from the knowledge of what you did. But your sister is dead. She's gone forever, and what a waste. It, it could have made, if it could have maybe brought us together or something, if you could have just said, I'm sorry, or faced up to what happened, maybe then we could do something with this. But you can't take responsibility for anything. What is hereditary? Correct. Right. Look at I you, I thought you go. were going to give me Connie and Carla. Well, I thought you hadn't seen Connie and Carla. And Muriel's Wedding or Muriel's Wedding. Well, Muriel's Wedding wedding is sort of like, I mean, it's like the movie with all the ABBA songs in it prior to Mamma Mia. Okay. So I thought you might have gotten that one. Well, here we go again. Here we go again. 
This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Follow us on Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks and email us at Gaze at the National Parks at gmail.com. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. All original music was written and performed by Dave Seaman with Mariella Klinger. All original artwork featured on Instagram is by Michael Ryan. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while hiking in Acadia National Park, we were hiking on the traditional lands of the Wabanaki Confederacy. Mm-hmm.